Right now we're going to have a conversation and uh, it'll be pretty interesting. The summer months are typically pretty quiet. Politically speaking, um, you know, MPs head home for summer break and all the rest of that stuff. But before they do that this time around, well, I mean, they're already into break time here, but we're expecting to see possibly maybe a cabinet shuffle um, quite soon. Could happen this month, uh, next month. Uh, a lot of people expecting the prime minister will announce it at some point this summer. And everybody's speculating, speculating about one minister's future in particular. There could be a bunch of changes, but one minister in particular has uh, the sights set on him, we think. So let's get into what we might see this summer with Tim Powers, who is the chairman of Summa Strategies and managing director for Abacus Data. Tim, thank you for joining us. Always nice to chat, sir. Good to good to talk to you. I like the qualifications, maybe, sort of. I mean, that's exactly how they do it here, Jay. You're in perfect spot. Got to be careful. You don't want to get yourself out on a limb here. But let's start. Uh, what do you think? How likely is it that we are going to see a cabinet shuffle? I mean, it's been a rough ride uh, for the government in the House of Commons in recent months. Maybe a reset is in order. Is that what we're thinking? Well, I'm going to go even higher. Extremely likely. There you go. Okay. <laughs> the rumor, the rumors around here, and again, they're worth what they're worth, suggest that the cabinet shuffle will happen sometime in July. They're saying the last couple of weeks of July. The thinking around all of that, of course, is with the uh, Quebec National Day coming up, c'est Jean Baptiste Day, and Canada Day coming up. Let MPs, ministers do their thing for all of that. A couple of weeks off, and then. Uh, back here for for changes um so that it seems to be as certain as anything in ottawa at the moment so that's where we sit today and yes you alluded to it part of it is about the government trying to change the channel on all of the messes they've had to manage over the last number of months uh, try and put some new faces in different portfolios to see if that can start to do the trick and move some numbers for them in public opinion polls because they have not been faring well in many of those at no. the moment. No, you're absolutely right. It's been a really, really tough ride. And the guy at the center of, well, not all of it, but a lot of it, you know, you think about yeah. the gun file and you think about the Paul Bernardo situation and who knew what when, is Marco Mendicino, the Minister of Public Safety. And I think, you know, the smart money says he's no longer going to be the Minister of Public Safety, right? Yeah, I, I think that's almost a certain. I mean, if you um, had the misfortune of watching that democratic institution of ours yesterday, uh, called question period, uh, you would have seen the prime minister give him a very tepid uh, yeah. endorsement uh, in the uh, in the when the question was asked about his future. The question I think for Minister Mendicino is whether he stays in cabinet or not. Now there there's a lot of weight suggesting that he could. Why? Because he's a very popular member of the government so loyalty still matters in politics he's done a lot of prior to the messes he's been part of done a lot of good communicating for them and equally important uh, he's a strong political organizer for them in and around toronto so there will there will be weighing that as they determine marco mendicino's future but yeah i think he is definitely not going to stay at public safety anybody else i mean uh, you take a look and uh, he's certainly been one of the more prominent ministers but do you, do you see any other big shuffles coming i mean i, I don't know really stands out yeah well there is the possibility around minister freeland right now there's a risk with that um 
G2 has communications challenges. I don't think anybody doubts her acumen and uh, her, her, her intelligence, but her ability to communicate with human beings outside of a boardroom in a Tim Hortons is what is lacking. You remember her big faux pas about, oh, we'll all have to deal with affordability crisis upon us. I'm going to cut Disney Plus. Well, you know, that, that uh, hasn't left her. I think, again, if the liberals want to make some traction in public opinion polls, they want to, uh, pick up their numbers and they want to reconnect with Canadians, they're going to have to think about who's their main messenger on the economy because, again, those same polls suggest Polyev is eating their lunch to a certain degree there. So do they change the Minister of Finance or do they bring, you know, they have Randy Boisineau from your neck of the woods, of course, as the Associate Minister of Finance. Randy's a pretty good communicator. I don't see Randy getting elevated to the finance minister, the big chair of the finance ministry, but do they find other ways to supplement what or, or supplement communications around the most important file affordability right now? Well, that's the thing, Tim, right? If you've got, you know, Mendocino that's become a bit of a liability for you in some respects, uh, and you move him out, what about somebody who is starting to ascend a little bit and maybe deserves to be elevated? Is there, is there a rising star within the Liberal caucus that they well, want to put in? I think they have two established ministers who are steady hands, well-respected. One of them is Dominic LeBron. Now, Dominic does, you know, Dom, Dominic, as somebody described it yesterday, is the government's janitor. He goes and cleans up every <laughs> other mess that everybody else makes. Um, and he's in infrastructure now. He's in uh, intergovernmental affairs. And, you know, other than some tensions with Alberta, which were largely driven by the provincial election there, the relationship with most of the provinces is pretty good. Do you destabilize that, move Dominic somewhere else? The other name is Anita Anand. Um, she is the defense minister. Mm-hmm. She has done arguably a masterful job. We could have had a massive crisis around Canada's public admission, reported, as you know, that we wouldn't make our 2% of GDP commitment to the military, the cultural change at the, at, at the military, and all of the uh, charges and uh, allegations of uh, impropriety that were there. I mean, she's managed that with excellence, the management of the war in the Ukraine. So can the, will the government move Anita and can they afford to move her out of a defense? But she, she's a, she is a legitimate, strong performer, as is Dominic LeBlanc. Where do they go may also signal how the government is looking at addressing the problems they have. And Tim, the timing on this, I mean, obviously you want to get it done. They've got a caucus retreat coming up in August, so you want to have it done prior to that. But then at the same time, um, he, he, I, I hear there are already sources fanning out and speaking with prospective shufflers and all the rest saying, hey, listen, yeah. are you going to run? Because we need to have the team in place. We don't know the yeah. next election could be two years. So they want to have a little time in the portfolio before we go to the polls, right? Right, and the House returns on the 18th. Yeah, you want to, you know, the part of the reason you do it in the summer is you give them time outside of the yeah. House of Commons to learn the basics of what they're supposed to speak to. Because the liberals really can't afford to have too many more mistakes because their competency is constantly under fire the way they run government. So that's why you give them the time. You know, other question, the, the other thing I'd like is somebody like Adam Vancouver, the Olympian, uh, Milton, um, he's a parliamentary secretary. Does he get into cabinet? Uh, he is a able communicator. He uh, has, of course, a, a national profile. He's done some good work. He's very in line with the uh, with the prime minister. Or another name, maybe not as familiar to Albertans, Arif Barani here in the Toronto area. You know, do some of those people get promoted? Because that's the other thing you have to balance. You have to show the people in the backbenches and the parliamentary secretaries 
that yes, there is an opportunity yeah. to move up. That's how you keep them motivated. Yeah, that there's room to move. There's there's a growth opportunity there. Tim, awesome stuff. Thanks so much for being here. All right. I'll look forward to talking again soon where we can razz the Oilers and how they lost to the Vegas Golden Knights and could have won the Stanley Cup otherwise. Sorry, buddy. Yeah, no, but you know what the line is, though? Hey, if if they got past, I mean, they got beat by the Stanley Cup champion, so obviously they would have won the Cup had they beat Las Vegas. (laughs) That is almost as fanciful as somebody backbencher wishing he's going to get in cabinet with no chance. But you run with that today. You think it's bad. I'm a Bruins fan, so I've been telling myself for two months that, hey, if we'd scored that overtime goal, in Game 7, we'd be Stanley Cup champions instead of first-round washouts. Yeah, there was that Matthew Kachuk problem. We've got his brother here, and he's a pretty damn good hockey player. Anyway. you got to put a spin on it. Thanks, Tim. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.